Morning, it's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, May 1st, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Alaska teachers are one step closer to getting annual retention bonuses, but only for the next three years. An amendment to extend the program, proposed by Sitka Representative Rebecca Hemshoot, did not win support from other legislators. The bill, which was introduced by Governor Mike Dunleavy, recently passed the House Education Committee. It would give bonuses to full-time teachers at the end of each school year. The size of the bonuses would depend on the district. Teachers in urban districts would get $5,000. Those in rural districts would get $10,000. And teachers in the most remote districts would get $15,000. At a House Education Committee meeting Wednesday, Sitka Representative Rebecca Hemshoot proposed an amendment to make the bonuses permanent, rather than just for three years. We already have a retirement system that doesn't necessarily ask people to stay longer than five years by having this incentive for only three years, it's sort of like come in and do your three years and then go. Himshoot also introduced an amendment to extend the bonuses to paraprofessionals, but both amendments failed. Committee members voted unanimously to move the bill out of committee. The Senate version of the bonus bill remains with the Senate Education Committee, where it's not scheduled for a hearing yet. The current legislative session is scheduled to end in less than three weeks. Sitka has selected a site for a new marine haulout, but the proposed timetable for the publicly funded project is not sitting well with some in the industry. They remain concerned about the ongoing loss of boat repair and maintenance business to other communities. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. Sitka has over $8 million to spend on a marine haulout. Voters last October overwhelmingly approved withdrawing the money from the city's permanent fund, to build a pier and to buy a large travel lift to pluck boats from the water. The only thing slower than a 150-ton travel lift, however, is the process of designing, engineering, permitting, and actually building a place to use it. Juno-based PND Engineering is doing preliminary planning for the project. At a recent meeting of the Gary Paxton Industrial Park Board of Directors, PND representatives rolled out a timetable that aims for a 35% preliminary design by this fall, final design by the summer of 2024, and operations sometime in early 2025. Local shipwright Mike Nurko thought the timeline was excessive. We've missed the 23 season completely. Their boats are just flying to Wrangell, they're flying to Una, the grid's swamped. Um, And now we're talking about missing 24, and we're talking about missing the year 25. For all of these boats, that's four harbors chock full of boats. And I want to encourage everybody to somehow pick up the slack and make this happen quicker. There hasn't been a commercial haul out in Sitka since early last year when Halibut Point Marine closed. Nurko said the run to the nearest full-service haul-out in Wrangell was 28 hours for a typical fishing vessel. Huna, which has a haul-out but limited services, he said was around 16 or 17 hours. Industrial Park board member Chad Gaydon sympathized but stressed the importance of investing time now, which prompted a swift rebuttal from Nurko. completely understand your concern. But everybody in this room has an idea of what right is in their mind, and if we don't take the time to get that right from everybody, then we have regrets about having moved too quickly. And that's my concern, because when we're done, it's permanent, and there's going to be a lot of things that we can't go back and fix. That's right, but that's why we pay these guys 
um, with all their experience to do something quicker than three years away. And so there's got to be a place in the middle. This is not rocket science. I do hear what you're saying. I think that's wise. But I think there's a middle ground. That middle ground was not identified during the meeting. The board did resolve a separate issue, however. The haul-out project won't include a public use ramp to launch smaller boats. The existing 60-foot-wide gravel ramp was constructed by Northline Seafoods several years ago to haul out barges and convert them into floating fish processors. Northline has since moved that part of its operations to Washington State, and the ramp is seeing only occasional use now. PND proposed, as one of three options, building the pier for the travel lift on the side of the ramp, since the same characteristics that made it ideal for hauling out barges also favored hauling out fishing vessels. Plenty of room for adjacent washdown pads and a relatively short run to the area where vessels will be serviced. Retaining the ramp, if possible, was included in the instructions or the charter given to PND engineers, but the site is just too attractive to ignore. Park Director Gary White suggested that the ramp, which was free to begin with, could be relocated to another site. Municipal Administrator John Leach agreed and urged the board to focus on the core mission. The ramp, uh, in my mind, although I personally would like to preserve it, that's starting to become an add-on uh, to the project because right now there is no public use ramp. And if we start talking about what can we do to maintain a public use ramp that was not in the scope of what we were doing in the first place. So um, just wanted to draw everybody back to the, we're talking all out right now. Board member Lauren Mitchell was the most reluctant to give up the ramp and prior to the vote asked other members to explain their reasons for parting with it. Chair Scott Wagner said that he saw it as the best central location for the haul out and the ramp could be moved. When it finally came to the vote, Mitchell, after a pause, said, I'll let it go and join the others in selecting the ramp as the preferred location for the new haul-out. PND plans five other public meetings on the project. The next will be sometime in May when engineers present an initial concept design. Sitka's new tourism task force hit the ground running. Two days after being appointed, the group met with the Assembly on April 27th to discuss the expectations for the coming year. The task force has been assigned five goals to research and give the Assembly recommendations on. Assemblymember Chris Yested said that of the five, there's a reason addressing the level of tourism in Sitka is first on the list. Every week I get some email um, regarding capping tourism or whatever, um, right-sizing it. And I think the biggest question is, is can we? Um, Juno's task force has already looked into this, um, but that doesn't mean that that is the final say, but it is a, a starting point. Also on the list, creating an annual review cycle of city operations and tourism funding, drafting a tourism management best practices plan, and developing a regional strategy to advance Sitka's interests. The last is examining the city's land use and waterfront development policies. But Visit Sitka Director Lori Boisa asked why the commission is tasked with exploring those, when that's typically under the Planning Commission's jurisdiction. City Administrator John Leach said he didn't expect the task force to be planning and zoning experts, but had some examples of the types of recommendations they were looking for from the group that are tourism-focused. 
food carts, for example. We hear that more people want food carts. That might be a gap that exists. Where do we put them? You know, we look for ideas on that. Uh, does anybody even want food carts? Um, you know, <laughs> but we want to hear things like that. Or um, GPIP, for example. There's a there's a work doc down there that gets requests more and more every year to kind of turn into a, a cruise terminal at this point. So can it be used for that? It absolutely can be used for that. But is that really what the community wants to use that facility for? Amy Ainsley will be the ex-officio staff member for the group and act as a conduit between the task force and city staff. And the group will also have an assembly liaison. But the direction the task force heads in is largely up to the nine Sitkins who sit on it. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis was clear, city staff won't be guiding the commission through the process. It's meant to be community-led. We want to hear from the citizens. We don't want to hear uh, feedback from from staff necessarily. We want to hear what you, through the groups that you represent, uh, feel about uh, the the tourism and how we can make this uh, more sustainable and, and better for Sitka. So as we as we go forward, just remember that you do have uh, staff that you can reach out to um, for support. But at the end of the day, um, this is this is your project. This is your baby. Thursday's work session was mostly an opportunity for the Assembly and Task Force to establish their process. While the Task Force hasn't yet scheduled its first official meeting, it has to finish its work by April of next year. At that point, one of its recommendations to the Assembly could be creating a permanent tourism commission. The commercial herring season wrapped up in April in Sitka, with somewhat average returns compared to previous years. The Sacro fishery was on two-hour notice for over two weeks. In that time, Saners caught a little less than 11,000 tons, around one-third of the 30,000-ton guideline harvest level set by the state. Area management biologist Aaron Dupuis said that's pretty typical for a year with a comparably high guideline harvest level. We didn't have any trouble finding fish. I mean, there were there were fish everywhere, and lots of fish. It was pretty impressive um, volumize that we were seeing. Uh, the issue that we were running into, at least for the commercial fishery, was finding fish that were marketable. Uh, there were a lot of small fish mixed in, um, kind of like what we saw in 2019. And then uh, the small fish were not separating from the larger fish. Dupuis says they saw a large group of young three-year-old fish in the mix of this year that weren't separating out from the older fish until right around when spawning began. The department refers to a big herring population boom in a given year as a recruitment event. He says it's promising for future herring returns, but presented some challenges for saners this year looking for older, more marketable herring. Overall, 30 registered permit holders and five processors participated in the fishery. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.